0: With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands.
1: I, I spent every day of my life in Texas. They don't raise us there in Texas to look at our wives and be like, all right, so what you do is you walk up to her and say, hey, uh, this is truly me. Do you still love me? Right? <laughs> and here's the deal. Men die younger. Yeah. And they are addicts. And they're exhausted. And they're angry. And they're raged out. And they're having strokes and heart attacks. Because we don't have the tools on how to connect.
0: Yeah. What's happening? No captain. We're A.O. About to get a plate. Pull up to the table. Let's go. A study shows that 4 out of 10 people regret their life choices. That's almost half of the people in America actually regret the decisions that they are making. You know, one of the quotes that I live by is that the caliber of your future will be determined by the choice, a.k.a. the decision you make. And a study is showing that nearly half, four to ten people, regret Our past can haunt us. Let's be real. Our past will haunt us and that affects our present and our future. I'm an advocate of good mental health, good therapy, and I want us to heal from our past traumas, our past decisions, um, our past issues so that we can fully enjoy today's life. Today, I am super excited because I have my friend and mental health expert, Dr. John Deloney at the table. John and I work together at Ramsey Solutions, um, and he has a brand new book that just came out here last month. It is a number one national bestseller called Own Your Past, Change Your Future. And y'all, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Uh, It's a game changer in the mental health space. And y'all, I'm super, super excited. So before we welcome my brother and my dear friend uh, to the table, back to the table at a different kind of table, but back at the table, um, two quick things. Number one, please make sure you hit uh, the subscribe button. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Be a part of the family, be a part of the tribe because we're doing some amazing things. And y'all listen, we've all made some bad decisions um, in the past and can cannot be real with you. We're all going to make some more bad decisions. But here's what I love is that when we can honestly sit down with someone like a therapist, we are able to actually walk through right walk through. Why are we making these kind of decisions? What what prompted us to make these kind of decisions? Why did we decide that way? One of the key things that I live by, which I'm so happy to have my brother John on today, is that, you know, I'm very big on seeing a therapist when I got out of my um, uh, engagement. I started to see a therapist. Have I made all the right decisions then? Absolutely not. But have I made better decisions? Absolutely. Is my life different and more impactful and more, more powerful because I actually take the time to sit down with a therapist to walk through why I'm thinking, why I'm processing, and why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Absolutely. So, listen, I want you to click on the link in today's show notes. I want you to check out my friends over at BetterHelp. Go to AnthonyO'Neill.com forward slash BetterHelp, um, and they will help you process forward. If you've been through a nasty divorce, if you've been through some past trauma, allow someone to help walk you through that process. But you know what? Let's get to today's show, my boy. Dr. John Deloney. Can y'all help me welcome my brother back to the table? What's up, my guy? What is
1: up, man? I cannot. It makes my heart feel so good to see you.
0: Man, no, it makes my heart. Makes my heart, man. Love you, brother. I've been following your journey, man. You're killing.
1: We're, ha- we're having fun, man. We're having fun. Uh, and same with you, dude. You're like a mogul. I was going to say, before we're talking off air, you're like running companies and film sets and stuff, man. You like went and man, got big cool. on me.
0: When you're standing on giants like Dave Ramsey and, like, my other mentor, Bishop Rudolph McKissick Jr., I can't do nothing but, uh, you know, do something. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't waste those years and not have something to come back. Are you still golfing? Oh, man, not as much. I was actually just talking about that with my, uh, my best friend, Pastor Steven, the other day. I think since I left Ramsey, I've golfed 18 holes five times. Oh,
1: man. Can we tell the, your listeners, like, let's just have a moment of vulnerability? How much better at golf i am than you are
0: <laughs> no now listen when at you the, get I'm a hold
1: on the worst when
0: player. you get a hold of a ball though and if it goes straight oh yeah you can hit it a lot longer than me like.
1: it's like happy gilmore yo i i don't understand that game i think it's the stupidest game i ever seen in my life anyway
0: yo man that that's crazy man i mean I, i'm telling you man i remember when you first joined uh you had you actually helped me launch my book when i was there um, that's right. That's degree. right.
1: That's my first thing before yep. I even worked here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 man. And so, bro, just to see you now and what your brand has done. We're
1: having fun, that, man.
0: That is insane, bro. That that's crazy. My um my team, um, always tell me like the top five people that um my my tribe are listening to. Um, and I was surprised. I thought it was going to be like Dave, right? It's not. It's you. Mm-hmm. Out of the whole Dave, Ramsey dude. Network, John yep. Deloney. Dave. I, I was like, huh? That's interesting. So that's pretty cool, man. My people rocking with you. That's
1: mm. awesome, man. That feels I, good. Appreciate I love
0: that. it. I love it. But yo, let's talk about this book, man, real quick. Own okay. your past, change your future. Why? Why this book, bro? Why did you feel important to 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 come out with a book about past, about mental health? Uh, because you know, I, I believe in impact in the future. But I'm curious, what what sparked mm. this in you?
1: I, I I would say two things. The first one is this. The last um, 20 years, I worked in colleges and universities. I was just a nerd, right? I was an academic and an administrator. And, dude, I worked with some of the smartest, wisest, bravest, great people trying to solve big world problems. Mm. And they were brilliant and they were constant. I'm not going to be disparaging at all. But when I got out and started doing this, and I started traveling around the country talking to people who run gas stations, to my brothers and sisters in my neighborhood, just trying to figure out life. I realized, man, I have been talking past people mm. for the last 20 years, mm. and we have all of this "quote unquote" mental health crisis and this and that and this, dude. It has gotten too complicated, too messy. It's bananas, man. We've just overcomplicated basic human re- relationships. Yeah. And so the first thing was, I wanted to sit down. There's a million great mental health books out there. There's a million great relationships and marriage books and being single books. All those books have been written and they're great. Go buy them. This book was me sitting down over a drink and some chips and queso and saying, hey, how are you? And here's what we have to do to get through life. That's number one. The second thing is this. Dude, if I step back and I'm honest with myself, our culture over the last 15 years has given us two paths forward. Wow. Path number one is you will always be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. Period. You'll always be the wrong color in the wrong neighborhood. You'll always be that cycle of poverty you were born into. You'll always be dad left. You'll always be the worst thing that ever happened to you. And because you're broken and dysfunctional, somebody's got to come from the outside and save you. Mm -hmm. Some government, some some group has to come pick you up because you're too weak to do it yourself. That's narrative number one. Or the other narrative is the pendulum swings all the other way, which is if you have a feeling, you're a coward. You're weak. If you have... If you get hurt, if your heart breaks, suck it up, keep crushing it and killing it and moving forward. The, the world doesn't wait for anybody. And I'm calling nonsense on both paths. And so this book is really a new third way, which is, I got to own what happened, man. I got to own this stuff. It happened. It's true. There's a period in that sentence. And then I got to ask myself that one terrifying, scary question. What do I do now? Mm. What are we going to do now? And man, we as a culture don't do very well with that question.
0: Yeah. No, that 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 is a that's a tough question because fun. I didn't ask I I think I think you know but you know when I went through my um uh when I walked away from my engagement um I didn't ask myself what am I going to do now? I actually tried to hide mm. and up underneath things, up underneath success, um up underneath um, making money, up on traveling when I was at Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. I can didn't I, can
1: really... I pull? Can, can I pull a string on that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me. It's also very similar to when you got crossed with your
1: dad, and you went and hid in the back of a car in a parking yep, lot. Yeah, right. Yeah, or yep. you went and hid before that yep. behind spinners, right? And yeah, student yeah. loan debt, right? Yeah, it's it's a and so the book on your past. I've got to recognize that the the things I did to keep myself alive when I was a kid, to keep me safe when I was a kid those same patterns show up later on in my life and they end up hurting me instead of keeping me safe. Right? So my body has these defaults like, hey, when dad got home and I was a kid, you better hide. You better disappear. And that same mentality, when I'm married and my spouse gets home and I try to hide, is going to blow up my marriage, right? right. Or it's going to make my husband feel like he's, a, he's all alone or it's going to make my wife feel like she doesn't matter, right? So those things that we did when we were kids, they replay themselves over and over and over. And like you said, it's when we finally look in the mirror and say, I, I, what do I do now? I got to yeah. do something different. And that's when the
0: healing happens. Why do you think it's, it's, it's honestly hard? Because I'm going to keep it, but you know me, you keep it real, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to still, at this day, yep. look in the mirror and say, what are you going to do about it? Yep. You made you made that bad decision. You you messed up here. You went through this. What are you going to do about it now? Why is it well, so? And let, hard? let me hold on.
1: And this was done to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm I saying. I gotta look and I gotta own. This
0: happened to me, right? Somebody hurt me, right? Or a whole bunch of people hurt me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why? Like, why is it so hard for us to ask us that question?
1: I think if you are um, a part of a group of people who are on the margins. Mm. It's in the air that you are not enough and you are powerless. And you need someone to come get you. Yeah. yeah, And I think if you are one of any of us who are walking through the world, our culture has given us so much distraction and so, much, um, so many shiny, flashy things. And what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And just I can scroll myself to death every night. I've got so many um, Band-Aids to put on top of my hurt that I never really have to deal with it the uh the literature you and know, i've talked about this like the literature on loneliness man when our body finds out that we're lonely dude it's it's more damaging than smoking yeah. it's more damaging than getting hit in the face that's yeah. the physiological response here and um one one doctor who i love calls it uh, we are lonelying ourselves to death we're mm. netflixing ourselves to death he calls it long tail suicide we're not pulling a trigger We're just slowly disappearing, man. And you can look at our cultural health, the strokes and the heart attacks and all the anxiety. We're just slowly cashing out, man.
0: And it's looking in the mirror and saying, I'm worth more than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in your book, the first chapter, uh, because I read it, bro. I mean, it is a a phenomenal book. Uh, But I want to talk about the path to being well, because Mm -hmm. I think that, some people don't really understand um, the path of being well and healthy, and you have five steps that are repeated over and over again. Let's let's talk about those real quick because I want people to get the book. So let's not give them all the information, but what are those <laughs> five? What are those five paths, and why 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 are they so important?
1: So I think it's important to note, like you know, with with our buddy Dave, people will go on his show after like ten years of working on their debt, and they'll do a debt free screen. Like I'm debt free. Yeah. There's never a moment that we're going to walk out and say, I'm anxiety... There's no anxiety-free scream. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Because the moment I do that, I'm going to walk in the parking lot and someone's going to call me and say, hey, your mom's been in a car wreck. You need to come to the hospital. Like, that's not life, right? right? Life keeps happening. And so, if we... Oh, and one other thing is important, and then I'll walk through these steps. Dude, if I'm scrolling channels, like flipping through YouTube or whatever, or old QVC, because I'm old. Bro, if... It cycles up, and some dude's like, seven steps to new abs, or 14 steps to fuller, thicker hair. Idiot. Idiot. Just dismissive. <laughs> a roll-off. That, that dude has no idea what he's talking about. It's too reductionistic, right? So, I want people to hear me say, I don't have the new five steps to being well. That's mm. not real. Anybody selling you that is selling you snake oil. Right. If I go back and look at thousands of years of wisdom, mm. and all the way up to neuroscience, the things that have in common are life's hard. It's a mm. mess. Mm. And these same five principles, you're going to keep going back to them over and over and over when you want a well life. Mm. Because the moment you get on top of the, uh, of, of the wave is when the call that dad's had a heart attack. The moment you get on top of the wave, your buddy's marriage falls apart and, and you need to show up. Mm. And so those things just keep happening happening. Right? So the first one is I've got to own the stories. Mm-hmm. The stories I was born into, the mm-hmm. stories I was told growing up, the stories of the things I did to participate in my own misery now, right? I mean I like to leave those parts out. I've got to own those stories, man. This happened to me. Somebody hurt me, somebody was racist, somebody treated me, but this happened. Full stop, period. Mm. The second thing I gotta do is I gotta own reality. I gotta acknowledge reality. Mm. And this is what dude, I'm terrible at this. That's looking in the mirror and saying I didn't mean to but over the last 10 years, I've gained 100 pounds. Wow. This is
0: reality. Wow.
1: I didn't mean to. Can I poke on you? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been engaged twice. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to spend my life with somebody twice. Yeah. yeah. And here I am, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. My dad, who I loved, and not my dad in real life, but my dad, who I loved, he also said that I'm too fat to be loved. If Mm -hmm. I didn't lose weight, no one's ever going to want to sleep with me.
0: Mm.
1: Like, i got to own these things. And only then, then you get a starting line painted on on the ground in front of you. And now I can go be about healing. And then the third thing is, and this is important for singles out there, man, and for introverts like me. Dude, um, there is no long-term. There is no long-term health. There's no long-term behavior change. There's no long-term wellness, no long-term joy and life change done in isolation. You gotta have other people. You gotta have a gang. You gotta have brothers and sisters who walk alongside you, doing life together. Yeah. And only then can you get into changing your actions and changing your thoughts. And that kind of works like a figure eight. Some days I don't want to go to the gym. I my I got to go do the action, right? Yeah. yeah. And some days I really feel like going to the gym, but it's a day off, and I got to honor the system that I'm working on. Right. So you just kind of do that in in a, in a figure eight there.
0: Man, you know. <clears throat> One of the things I think we, especially single people battle, is like some of them, I was um, at a singles conference about, about a month ago, right? And at the singles conference, the single lady said, the reason why I'm single is because I've been hurt by other men, by all the men. And the lady said, you know, I don't think I'll ever settle down anytime soon because all men just play games and i'm like like wow like you just hurt yourself because not all men are that way maybe some of the men that you've dealt with unfortunately have because i'll be real you know i've i've hurt ladies yeah. in the past you yeah. know um but i'm like what do you say to that single woman watching right now that's saying you know i hear you john like i, I got to own it i got to face reality but there's still this part of they still hurt me like they They still hurt me and you're telling me to own it, accept it, and then trust him again or trust not him again as far as in the same person, but trust another man again with my heart. Like, man, that's real. And I and I struggle to answer that question, John, because it's like I've hurt ladies in the past and I'm like. And I'm still single, so I'm like, I'm not qualified to tell you that answer because. I'm not I, th- right. I think I don't think it's a matter of qualification, I think
1: it's a matter of you're worth being loved, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when somebody hurts you, that equation doesn't make any sense. Wow, most of us have no idea what it would be like to just go to bed at night and yeah. just fall asleep, Ooh. without scrolling, without medication, just to go to sleep. Wow. most of us don't know what it would feel like to wake up in the morning and not. Have to have chemicals to wake up, stimulus Ooh. to wake up. Uh, I would just drink coffee for fun. We don't know what peace is anymore, man. Yeah. it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, we just know constant fireball, right? So I would tell that woman, maybe romantic relationship isn't the right thing for you right now. Right. But you have to be in relationship with people. Mm. Full stop. Period. And the 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 thing that is so damning about especially relationship trauma, like sexual abuse and physical abuse, emotional abuse, gaslighting. The reason that is so bad, it's like poisoning water. Mm. And you have to have water to live, but if you are poisoned by water, you know one thing, I'm not drinking more water, and then you die. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so what trauma does, man, is it, it tells your body relationships aren't safe. When people get close, it sounds all the alarms. Not safe, not safe, not safe. And, bro, you got to lean into that pain. Yeah. And and I've got to ask myself, what did I contribute to this? Why do I keep showing up with the same guy and the same girl? Why do I keep? What am I bringing to this that attracts the same person every time? And most of us are attracted to our unfinished business, the thing we think that will complete us, and we got to stop. Ooh. Listen, somebody else can't complete us, man. Yeah, yeah. you got to heal from the inside out, and then you get to pick someone and say, I'm gonna do life together. Yep. But nobody's worth being abused or hurt.
0: No, 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 no no, no, and that's that's the hard part, you know a lot of people don't uh, don't don't know this um about me. a lot of people think I'm an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert, and you found yeah, me that too. Out.
1: You, you, me too you mean you could drive for three hours and say no words, no <laughs> words, you know what i'm saying yeah.
0: and and i'm not even I really don't like being around people like <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i I really don't you know it's like if people see me on stage, they see me on YouTube. But I when I'm off I actually I need I feel as if I need to be by myself. And that yeah, is something I bought that I'm a house in the woods, yo. Yeah, you <laughs> no, did. I mean, bro. No, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you, dude. And John, you didn't buy a house in the woods. You bought a house in the desert woods. Like you were. Yeah, there's like way some out there. out there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it goes off out there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speak to us introverts, John, who are like, you know, I don't need people. Um mm. that's something that I talk with my therapist on a regular basis now. Is I just feel as if I don't I'm I am literally okay with being alone. Like I I have no problem being at home, being by myself with my dog, and just chilling. Now a lot of people get it confused because I be on stage. I love the stage. I love YouTube. I love in, in teaching people. But outside of that, when I get done teaching, working, oh no 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 I I'm not good with the let's go dancing for an hour, let's go out and have dinner and just do life. That's not my that's not my strength um, and I'm getting better at it, but encourages introverts. Like, how mm. do we really accept and start doing life with others that really helps us and it builds community? So.
1: I do, this has nothing to do with introvert. I want to just ask you a couple questions and then we'll get into introvert. Now, let's do it. Um, could you go back as early as three, four and five? Mm hmm. Mm hmm and rattle off a few people
0: who disappeared from your life? Three, four, five. Six, seven, eight as a child? Six, seven, eight as a child and rattle off a few people that disappeared from my life. Not by name, but by memory I could. Okay.
1: Most of us who had people, dad was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. mom was supposed to not be staring at her phone 24 7 365 she's supposed to bend down and look me in the eye and say i love you and i'm glad you're a part of my family yeah my yeah. heart doesn't beat without you mm-hmm. every kid should hear that yeah and many many millions of people didn't get that right or mom was working four jobs just trying to p- pay rent man right. and <laughs> she didn't time for that and so our bodies understand that you are on your own mm. and so I don't have a lot of use for the introvert, extrovert thing when it comes to how do you live a well life. I think there's um, a misconception about the introvert, extrovert thing. At the end of the day, I'm like you. I prefer to hide. And if I go back in time, I see I can pull the pins on where my body begins to say, you know what? We're better off just doing this by ourselves.
0: Yep, yep.
1: And here's what the research of loneliness tells me. My body will sleep less deeply. It doesn't get the restorative REM sleep. It doesn't get the good um, deep sleep. Why? Because it knows you are on your own. Mm. My body, my heart will beat a little bit faster. I'm more likely to get Alzheimer's, dementia, right? My, I'm more likely to die of cancer and stroke because my body is eating itself. It is constantly vigilant because it knows mm-hmm. you are all you got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the key to living a well life is getting people in your corner and saying, I'm going to tend to the fire. You got security wow, you're going to take care of the kids and you're going to make sure. And then our bodies can go, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And I have to, me, the introvert, I have to look in the mirror and say, here's the data, I will die. And I'm going to take everybody who loves me with me because I'm choosing to be miserable. Yeah. Or I can say, it feels uncomfortable at first. But I don't ever regret it when I go spend time with people that I love. And mm-hmm. I, can, I don't have to say a lot, but I can laugh like crazy. I can throw a couple of grenades just to get the, <laughs> get the party started. I'm not gonna dance, yeah. but I'll sit in the back and hang out. I'm gonna go be with people. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I went with a couple of mutual friends uh, the other night mm-hmm. to like an old heavy metal show that I went to, a same group I saw when I was in, in, in uh, college, in high school. Dude, I was an old man in a pit. I was an old man. I was like, hey, kids. I was that guy. (laughs) Anthony, it was so good just to be with people. And I'm trying to make new friends. I'm still in a new town, right? I have to have that. And my wife, the next morning, I woke up, and she's like, dude, you are glowing. And I was like, I was out all night. And she goes, I know, but you're different. And I was like, because I had a shared experience with some people. That's amazing. We have to do it. We have to.
0: You know, that was funny. You know, I was in Nashville with you all, and I remember um, as I was exiting, I told Dave and um, jeremy and you all that i was gonna probably move like towards charlotte right and as i was praying and talking to my therapist and talking to my coach um they all said why why it was like you need to go to a place to where you can can really get it get around a community of people get around people that that will challenge you that will pull things out of you and i did that so i made a last minute decision to come to dc because my best friend is here pastor stephen chandler I was like, you know what, I'm going to come here for two, three years, get involved with the ministry, get involved with the, uh, the Bible college here, and just really build a solid community. And it's, it's been hard, bro. It's been hard. Okay. But it's, it's been so refreshing because it's like, wow, like I'm, I'm, I'm stretching myself. Yeah. And you're so, okay, right. Okay, so that's perfect.
1: The, the big light switch for me was this. Most of us don't have a picture in mm-hmm. our head of adult friendship. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. don't have a picture of adult love. My dad is a great man. Mm-hmm. I don't have any memories of him going and just tooling around with his buddies <laughs> or a bunch of dudes coming over to fix the, the fence. Or I don't have any of those pictures in my head.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so my picture of being a dad is X, Y, and Z. It has okay. nothing to do with friendship. Right. I don't have any picture of adult love. I don't know what that looks like. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mom and dad did that behind closed doors. Thank God. Right? But I don't have any pictures of that. And so, what we have to look at friendship and connection as a set of skills we don't have. Yeah. And I've seen you. You went and got a golf coach, man, and you yeah. learn how to play. And I've seen you play, and you really, really good. But you put the time in on it. Yeah. And I had I learned friendships just like that. I don't know how to do it. I I was dumped in a box with a bunch of kids when I was little, and we just became friends because we were on the same kickball team or whatever. Now I'm old. Now I have to be proactive about it, and I just have to have a set of skills, and I got to go home at night and be like, dude, I blew that one. I brought up something I shouldn't have brought up, whatever. It's a set of skills. I'm going we'll practice it. I'm going to practice it. And over time, I'm going to get better and better at it. And my body will begin to just quiet the
0: alarms, man,
1: because it realizes you're not all by
0: yourself anymore. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> um, one of the things I love about you, bro, is we we always keep it real. And we always have real deep conversations between like me, uh, you, and Rachel, right? We've always had these uncomfortable conversations. And I want to go a little bit deeper. Cool. One of the things that I was told before leaving uh, the African-American culture going into a predominantly white culture is that you're not going to be accepted. You're not going to be loved. Um, you're not going to be valued. And that was a story that was implanted into my head that a part of me somewhat believed, but I still stepped out on faith. Right. And it was a story that was false. It was a story that uh, was not true at all. I- I'm curious, bro. What, what are some example of stories that we're believing that's preventing us from owning our future and it's keeping us in the past. And I believe it's a past that's not even ours. It's a past mm-hmm. that is somebody else that was forced onto us. It is a past that maybe our parents or our grandparents experience, but it's not necessarily my past, our past, but we're living their past through us. And it's preventing us from really building wealth, paying off debt, starting businesses, being happily in love. Um, what are some of those stories, bro?
1: I, I think when you mentioned, and I think you just laid it out there beautifully. Yeah. Um, the people who are a generation or two ahead of you were wise mm. to tell you to be careful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why people didn't treat us right? Mm-hmm. They took our, they took our property. They rezoned our neighborhood, right? They, they stole. From, so I think they were right. And you and I've, you know, I've had a bunch of talks. So hang out. It's, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's not like all roses now, right? So <laughs> there's some. There's some, uh, it's really hard times. And so there's some truth to those stories. Yeah. And I think the stories that we were born into, the ones that we were told often, not Mm -hmm. always, there is abuse and there is um, sexual violence and there's, that's just real. Yeah. But a lot of the stories that I got were people trying to say, hey, this happened to me, watch out. Yeah. And I have to be able to understand that when, like, just use your example. Hey, you are never going to be loved. You are never going to be accepted in there. You watch your back. They're just using you for... That you come in, and I have to know, okay, my body is now primed to go to war when I'm surrounded in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And like you did, and I'm going to step into it. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking. And it, those are hard choices to make. And here's the other thing, man. The word's vulnerability, and, and vulnerability actually is an animal rolling over on its back, saying to another animal, you could kill me right now. You can hurt me. And... The neuroscience tells us the only way to connect with another person is through vulnerability. Mm. And so when I look at the dating scene, mm. all of the people throwing up their peacock feathers and showing how much I got and how strong I am, look at my, ba- it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the opposite. True connection comes with saying, hey, this is really me, do you still love me? And dude, you
0: <laughs> I'm a big guy, you're a big guy. <laughs> I'm not that big, but I, I get what you're saying. I'm a big dude. I'm, I, I'm 6'2", 200 pounds. I'm a big guy. The idea of me walking up to another
1: dude and being like, hey, uh, do you see me and still love me? Right? That's sounds crazy. Well, I, I, I spent every day of my life in Texas. They don't raise us there in Texas to look at our wives and be like, uh, so what you do is you walk up to her and say, hey, uh, this is truly me. Do you still love me? Right? <laughs> and here's the deal. Men die younger. Yeah and they are addicts and they're exhausted and they're angry and they're raged out and they're having strokes and heart attacks because we don't have the tools on how to connect.
0: Yeah.
1: I have to walk up and say, hey, this is the story I've got. This is the story of my past, this is the story of my parents' past, this is the story of my mentors' past, and here's who I am. Please don't hurt me. Wow, This is who I am, do you still love me anyway? Yeah. And I wish there was another way forward, man. There's just not, there's just not. The flexing's over, dude, it's yeah. over.
0: Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us have, and, and, and you're so right, man. Um, one of the things that I've I've really learned as I'm in like this this new season of my life, right, is dealing with emotional past drama, and and how to move forward. And, and I, one particular person said, "Well, you just got to you just got to sweep it up under the rug, like don't address oh. it." Just, just no. sweep it up beneath the rug and move no. forward. Because if you address it, then you're going to get into more emotions. You're going to get hurt. Then you're going to want this. You're going to deal with that. Then you're never going to move forward. Just just forget about it. It never happened. Move forward. And I hear you screaming no, right? No. So you're saying no, but how do we move forward dealing with emotional trauma?
1: The great David Kessler says grief demands a witness. Mm. you cannot heal in isolation full stop period end of sentence anyone who tells you other than that is lying to you Wow. simply not true I have to look at another person whether it's in a counseling office whether it's in an AA group whether it's my spouse whether it's my child and I have to say here is where I hurt Mm. and that is the moment of healing that's the moment healing begins is when I can say Here's how I hurt. Here's, what a, here's all a friend is, Anthony. Yeah. Can I tell you the good stuff? And by the way, we have this crazy culture that we whitewash the, the, the good stuff. I can't tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't, I, this is shame on me. I didn't call you and be like, bro, I made number one, following in your footsteps. I didn't do that. Why? Because I'm like, I ain't calling Anthony. But if I had gotten number five, I would have called you. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I ain't going to believe what happened, man. I got hosed. Right? I we, have, we, we tell everybody the negative stuff. We don't tell people the good stuff. Why is so, that? Why are we so scared to tell people the good stuff? Because we have this—I call it the Titanic syndrome, man. As soon as soon it was the everybody—I don't care who you are—everybody loved that movie. Yeah. Until everybody loved that movie. Yeah. And then they're like, ah, I don't like that movie. That movie's terrible. Right. <laughs> as soon as the wheat, the wheat, the one stalk of wheat gets a little too high. Yep. Everyone just starts looking to, to cut it. Yep. Right. Yep. And so for some reason we believe that if you have success it somehow steals from me. Mm. Nonsense. Mm. If you write a best book, mm-hmm. that means more people are reading. Yes. That means more people might buy my book. You know what I'm saying? It's we're all in this together. Wow. It's insane. If you get a number 1 record, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. that means people are buying music again. Yeah. I mean, we can all, right? So it's this it's this if you get it then you must have taken it from me. Mm. I'm just going to sit on it. I'm going to be quiet. Friendship is, can I tell you the good stuff? Can I tell you the bad stuff? And can I tell you where I'm hurting? And then ultimately, do you still love me? I keep going back to that thing, man. And so can you sit down in a room, in a room of three or four guys that you trust and say, I believe this about y'all and I was wrong and I'm sorry. Mm. Or I believe this about y'all and y'all have absolutely proven me to be right. Mm. Or in you and I've had this talk, you said this thing mm. and you didn't mean for it to come across how it did. Here's how I heard that. Yeah. And if I say it again, now I'm choosing to hurt you. Right now, you've got some choices to make. All that to say is, dude, you got to, <sighs> you got to lean in and go again. Yeah. you got to lean in and go again. Uh, yeah, I, I, do anything you know me. I wish I could tell you anything other than that. Yeah. I wish there was another way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I wish you. there was another way.
0: It, it, there, there, there isn't. And I think some people watching this right now, John, are saying, okay, cool. How do I find that kind of friend? How do I find a friend that I can trust, with the be vulnerable, trust with the truth, trust with my emotions, trust with my heart, trust with my fears, so that way I can move forward? Because, man, John, getting good friends in these days and times, it's
1: hard. It's the worst. It's the worst.
0: The, finding for single people, do you know how worst. hard it is out here in the streets, man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard for a single people because yeah. because I got to trust. Now I got to be vulnerable with you. And I don't know if I can even be vulnerable with you. Okay. But I have, I, I desire companionship, yep. but but I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to have an emotional roller coaster. Bro, so how, how do we as single people? You've been married for years. You got beautiful kids, a beautiful family. How do we as single people, man, really... Identify the right person for us, the right friends, the right accountability partners to really help us progress forward in life?
1: I'll say, dude, I'm married. I've got an incredible wife, incredible kids. And there's been seasons when I'm sharing a bed with somebody that loves me deeply and I am profoundly alone. Wow. Deeply lonely. Wow. Um, I've been at a a table full of people who I know love me and I'm completely alone. Yeah. So loneliness can be social. Mm -hmm. It can be I'm just isolated. Right, I'm just living in my one-bedroom apartment with my dog, and I'm just it's just me and and Skippy, ride right or die here, right? Or it can be emotional. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by people, and I'm completely lonely in a crowded room. Mm. And it's um, so it's both. In what I would tell you is, we have to get over this idea that everything is about us. Other people go through things, and I take if I ask you, hey, you can to go hang out? And you're like, ah, bro, I, I can't make it today. I got a, two choices. I can say, man, Anthony's got some stuff. Cool, we'll we'll do it next time. Or I can be like, oh, he didn't like me. What's wrong with me? And then boom, I'm back to my childhood. All my stories are going. All my alarm systems are ringing. My heart's beating fast. I get all mad and whatever, and I get mopey. I I, I have to choose to not live my life trying to be the center of everybody's universe. So what does that mean when it comes to friends? I got to risk. I got to go first. I got to stop the performance and start just inviting people over. Most of the time people come over. We get the the house cleaner come over. We clean up everything. I get all, you know, we doll up everything. That's a performance. That is yeah. not hanging out with people. Invite people over and say, bring whatever you got left in your fridge and come over to the place. I ain't cleaning up. And everybody's out of here at 10 because I'm going to bed. Yeah. Start that way. Yeah. And then what you're going to find is you five people show up. One of them's going to be a weird oversharer. It's annoying, right? They're like, hey, man, you want a burger? And he's like, yeah. And then one time I was like, and then I, right? You're going to have the overshare. You're going to have people that don't read social cues and don't know how to leave. You're going to have all those people, but one or two of those people you're going to connect connect with. Mm. And maybe you don't. And you can try it again. And you're going to try it again. There's not an easy way through it, man. It's kind of like paying off debt. It's like, how do you, you list it? Where am I? And then I just got to start. And I just got to start grinding it out. And some seasons, you're working your full-time job. You're doing Uber at night. And you're doing Uber on the weekends. When it comes to making friends, sometimes it's that way. I'm just gonna put in the effort. I'm gonna keep inviting people over. I'm gonna have a weekly book meeting at my book club at my house. I'm gonna have a weekly. We're gonna go bowling for God's sake! Everybody, put your phone down. Whatever it is, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep giving it a shot until I begin to slowly, over time,
0: rally a, 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 a gang. Mm. None of this is fun, dude. No, it's it's really not, and I think that's the thing that it's not fun, but the reward of it at the end is is so good um, and hey
1: that reward bro is different than we think that boring. reward isn't um like there's firework moments in my marriage yeah there's like you know the the snow falling and we're in new york Th- those moments happen but they're very rare yeah the day-to-day is boring yeah the day to day isn't exciting the day to day is troubling and oh my god pick up the towels and flush the toilet I mean it's it's just that yeah it's it feel it, what I didn't know man is that's like we talked about earlier it's peace Oh, that's it it's looking at somebody and saying I'm gonna be alright yep cause you're in position number one here yep I got a gang right it's a different I know there's five or six guys in my life that if I call and say hey there's this dude named Anthony he wants me dead one of them is not even allowed to legally drive. And he'd be like, I'm going to get on a bus and just stay alive for 24 <laughs> hours. I'm going to be there. Right. Right. Like they'll show up. Yeah. And yeah. my body can sleep. Yeah. Right. My body can be at peace, yeah. man. And I, if I could give people one gift, it would be you're worth that peace. Yeah. You're worth the work and the awkwardness and the never invite that person over again. And the, did you hear what that dude just said? You're worth all of that. looking up in 10 years and having a group of people that have been with you for nine that you know they're going to show up when you need them?
0: Last last month, um, I was scheduled to go speak at a HBCU, at Historic Black College and University to all of the athletic department. Um, And about... I'll say about two, three weeks before going out there to speak, um, news hit that a young lady went to Instagram, um, wrote a big post, posted a beautiful picture of herself, John, and um, she was apologizing to her mom for not believing in herself, for all the mistakes that she made. Um, She was apologizing to her friends and then encouraging her friends to, if you think something's wrong with you, with your thoughts, with your mind, uh, to seek help, you know. To, right towards the middle, I think everyone who was reading it was crying because towards the middle to the end, she said, it's too late for me. My, my It's too late for me. I can't change. I'm not worth it. Um, she posted that and 20 minutes later committed suicide. I think there are a lot of people who mentally are saying, I'm not worth it. Like you said, they're, they're mentally are saying that, you know, I'm not worth it. I'm not valuable. Um, I, I, I don't know. And, and I really want to just, just pitch this to you as, as a doctor, as the expert, how do we change our thoughts to benefit our health instead of hurting ourselves? Um, uh, that's, uh, that was probably the hardest speaking engagement that I've ever done in my life because I came right around a time of that. And of course we pivoted that whole event. Um, and they brought all of us in to just encourage and just to inspire. Um, but as an expert, man, what do we, as a, what do we, as a people, because there's some watching right now that are saying, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth love. I'm not worth peace. Um, and you know me, I'm a Christian. God mm-hmm. wasted his time with me. He didn't, he didn't make me well in my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. How do we change our thoughts, man? So we don't hurt ourselves. So we don't do something. I'm, I'm going to say it crazy mm-hmm. uh, to ourselves.
1: Man. Uh, I'm glad you were there for that community in that time. That's mm-hmm. heavy, dude. Um, uh, I've, I've had to do too many funerals of students who passed away in colleges, wow. man. And that brought me back. I've, I've, yeah, I've been on that road too many times. Um, a couple of different thoughts, man. One is it's simply untrue. Mm. Everybody's worth being loved. Mm. Full, period. And there's no there's no place you have gone that you can't walk
0: back from. Yeah.
1: Period. Um, mm. What ultimately does people in with when it comes to suicide is you know, the ability to do it and the the isolation. But then this perceived burdensomeness that people's lives are worse off because I'm around. Wow! And most people look at suicide as the problem. It's actually not. Mm-hmm. For most people who go through with it, it's the solution. Wow! They're not so much wanting to be dead, but they just want to stop hurting. Mm-hmm. They want to stop. And so it's stepping back and saying, all right, how do you change your thoughts? Well, here's the thing, man. If you wait until that moment to change your thought, that's a train that's often left the station. Changing my thoughts is way upstream. Yeah, That's as simple as I'm not going to go a day without telling one person that I love you. Yeah, I'm not going to go one day without writing one thing and you know, letting somebody know that they touched my life. Mm. I'm not going to skip that workout. I know that this particular food is a, is a poison for me. I'm going to stay away from it. I'm going to, and right, so we're going to create a series of behaviors up, up up, river there. And then here's the second thing. If you were to ask me what the most profound psychological finding of the last hundred years is, I, w- I would tell you, uh, my opinion is that it's Martin Seligman's work. Most of us believe that you're either born grumpy, like that dude's just got an anger. Issue. He's just that guy. And then that dude, he's just always hopping around all happy. What's wrong with that guy? or she's just will always just jolly rot right here's the deal optimism is a learned behavior yeah it's a
0: choice yeah
1: it's a decision
0: yeah
1: it's something that i can practice and when i'm clinically depressed it lays a blanket over that thing and so the days that i can't think optimistically i can't find beauty anywhere all i see is gray then i'm gonna go back to my actions and i'm gonna make that phone call and tell somebody i'm not okay wow because it's never too late it's yeah. never wow. too late Um, And then looping all the way back, man, other people are your emergency fund for life. Every single one of us has those seasons when, what am I doing, man? Like, my kids would be better off without me. Mm. I've had that thought, Anthony, in my head. My wife would be better if she had married somebody that was more stable and went as crazy as I am. Mm. I've had that thought. And what I have to know is I got to reach out to a buddy and be like, dude, I got crazy
0: in my head right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you start two seconds and he's like, hey, I'm bringing a couple of beers and some sandwiches over. I'll be over. <laughs> right? I'm getting in the car. I'm coming over. Mm-hmm. Um, or hey, we're all coming out. All three of us. You're coming. And if you don't come, I'm going to call a cop sign. Right? So yeah. it's a matter of I commit to myself this a shred, this much, that I know that I'm worth being loved even when I don't feel it, when I can't find the words. And I'm going to have somebody that I can call. Yeah. Sometimes that's a professional. Sometimes that's a hotline number. Sometimes that's some any a coach, anybody. Yeah. Sometimes that's your one your your ride or die that's been able to say, Hey, I feel like I've got no value left. I know one person that, that, that still sees value in me and make that
0: call. Do you think, John, it is important as friends to help someone own their past so they can move forward? Like what if I what if I as a friend see one of my friends hurting and I see that they possibly could be going down the wrong path that could lead to them hurting themselves how do I as a friend address that without being disrespectful without being out of order but being a true friend
1: so uh it was probably a year ago somebody wrote me like a real scathing thing on IG or something like that mm-hmm. and it made me laugh I mean it was brutal dude it was, it was brutal <laughs> and so I reposted it and then I just um uh, I snapshotted it and then I reposted it and then I proceeded to write him an imaginary response back and it was just about how much I sucked and how terrible I was at what I was doing I didn't know anything and all that kind of stuff and I, and it was like not kidding like I was down, I was crying I was laughing so hard at my response I thought it was hilarious mm. so a buddy of mine who's been a buddy of mine for 20 years calls me and I was like what's up and he goes dude that post is the funniest thing I ever read we were laughing he goes take it down and I was like, why? And he goes, take it down. And I was like, dude, that is hilarious. And he goes, it's super funny. And that's not who you want to be. Mm. And here's the deal years ago, I gave him permission to speak into my life. Wow. And so when I gave him that permission, he has an obligation to speak into my life. That's mm. what I asked him to do. And vice versa, right? And so I've got five or six men in my life who, and my wife, who I've given permission. You know who's not in that box? My parents. They're not in there. I love them more than anything, but they're not there. My in-laws, I got the greatest in-laws on planet. They're not in there. Mm. It's a group of five or six men that I've done hard life with, and I've given them permission, and my expectation is they call me on it. And what I know is when they call me on it, and this has happened multiple times in my life, hey, Deloney, you got to cut this out. I heard you say this to your wife. You never say that to her in front of me again. Um, I remember my buddy, Kevin, <laughs> I made a joke about... Uh, it's when I first met him and I was like, Oh man, where's the, you know, I'm in new in town. My wife was still living in our old city. She hadn't moved yet. And I was like, Hey, many of y'all know like where I can hang out with some, some people cause I'm this lonely bored guy. And he, and he said, Hey, you don't know me that well. So let me just uh, go ahead and let you know. If you ever cheat on your wife, you better hope she finds you before I do. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. And that dude's one of my best friends to this day. Wow. Right. So all I have to say is I think we have an obligation for a few people, most people take it upon ourselves to launch ourselves into other people's lives way, way too much because we get self-esteem by trying to go fix other people. Mm-hmm. We try to t- take the speck out of other people's eyes and we miss our own planks, right? And so I think it's important to find that small group of people, go all in on that crew, and then in other situations, don't answer questions that you're not asked. Don't jump into situations you're not, you're not invited to. Wow. If you are, cool. If you want me to come into your burning house i will i'm gonna tell you what i think about it on the way in right but if you don't invite me i'm not coming in that's Dumb. fine
0: so respect the, respect their space if they don't invite you respect it
1: yeah and if i feel like i've got a need to go in that house that's a that's a me problem that's ooh, not a them problem that's on me ooh,
0: that's 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 where well, that's that's good i don't oh i hope y'all heard that one if you feel <laughs> you need to go in the house that's not the person that's you that's, how
1: often like I just need to call them and tell them. I'm gonna tell them. Listen, <laughs> they didn't ask you. That is not about them. That's about you. Trying uh, to be right. That's about you trying to have your opinion. Oh. Who wants to God. hear that? Yo. Now, if Anthony, if you saw something of mine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I told you this, right? Like mm-hmm. after knowing you for six months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving you permission to speak into my life. Yeah, yeah. And if you saw me post something or mm-hmm. you heard me say something, mm-hmm. and you said that's not right i'd expect you to call me mm-hmm. and i would hear you i'd give you i'd say okay i i I listen to what he's saying because i trust him yeah. and then you wouldn't be calling me out of spite or something crazy you'd be calling because you love me right yeah, and absolutely. so that that is the that's the way forward I
0: think. man dude this is yo listen this is the author of I, i'm trying to tell you uh one of the best books that I believe is out around this because it's simple. It's simple to read. It's simple simple. to understand. And and it's, it's direct to the point. Um, it's, this is Dr. John Deloney, um, own your past, change your future. It became a number one national bestseller last month. I'm going to drop the link in the show descriptions, um, today. Uh, so check it out, get the book. and, 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 and here's the thing. John, I tell uh, single people now, because this is something that my mentor told me, he said, before you get back into the dating space, because he called me out, right? He was like, listen, you're a good man that has issues around dating and you need Mm -hmm. to get help with it first. Like you're you're a good man, but there are some things that you need to address before you can really intentionally date. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when he called that out in me, I was like, whoa. And so I, I speak with him, and I also speak with my therapist. And so now I tell, and I'm curious about this for from your perspective, I tell all single people before you get into a committed relationship, go talk with the therapist. Just sit down, have a conversation about life. Talk about what you what, what you what you're doing, what you're thinking. Talk about your past hurts, your past trauma, and just really make sure that you are mentally not perfect uh but neat but 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 at least presentable what are your thoughts on that for single people like do you agree that all people should seek some type of mental therapy mental help before including somebody else into their life
1: um i the one ca- yes i think like I, I don't think people should get married without going to premarital counseling full stop everybody needs to do that yeah yeah Um, The one thing I want to be careful of is pathologizing being single. Like something's wrong with you. There you go. Something's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. And so what I see happen with some singles is they don't want to settle. Beautiful. Great. There's a cost to that. Some people do settle. Great. There's a cost to that. Right? Everything's got a cost to it. What I often see with people who have been what I call chronically single, and that makes it sound like it's a bad thing. It's not. But who are 35, 40, and they really vow they really want to get married. And look at you leaning up. Is <laughs> this idea that I am going to meet somebody that makes me feel a certain way. Mm. And that feeling is super temporary. Mm. What most don't understand I didn't understand I, I just got lucky that I stumbled through the first decade of my life of my marriage. I almost ran it off the rails the next five years. And it's been the back five years that I finally figured out what in the world I'm doing. And that's just right before I'm gonna wreck something else, dude. So the deal is, is I have to decide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Every day.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna love her. Yeah. And I'm gonna make her needs my, my priority. And hopefully she's gonna make my needs her priority. Mm. And I'm gonna do what I can to outserve her. Mm. And that transcends. It's like going to the gym most days of the week. I don't want to go to the gym. But I always like how I feel after I've been. Yeah. And so I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. I don't like reading books all the time. I'm going to read my books because I know I need to get some more information. I don't <laughs> like, dude, when my kids are talking about dragons and ponies. and st- I don't even know what they're talking about, man. <laughs> I don't have this conversation with you. I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. I'll watch a movie. Right. I got to have this conversation. Yeah. I got to read that stupid book over and yeah. over and over again because it's right. Yeah. And so when it comes to marriage, we have a picture of what it's going Feel like that's not real. Yeah. Again, it goes back to it's not gonna be like, yeah, this is it, and I feel complete. No, dude, you're gonna feel exposed and buck naked in the middle of a community, right? And you're gonna feel whew, peace. And it's different. It's a different feel. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Doctor John Deloney. That, that's why you, my guy, man. I'm trying to tell. You, this is this is real. Now I was I was leaning in because you know I'm on Clubhouse often. That's that's my little. <laughs>
1: I still stay on Clubhouse? Oh, I didn't know anybody was even on Clubhouse anymore.
0: Hey, man, listen. I I, I go in there every now and then. And and, <laughs> I, and, and I, sometimes I get frustrated, John, because I was in this room and they said, anybody, man or woman, if you're above 30 and you don't have any kids, there's something wrong with you.
1: Shut up. Hang, Get out of that room. <laughs>
0: Tell that, that
1: dude's trying to sell somebody something.
0: Yo. He probably got some
1: non-step plan on the internet to how to whatever. That's idiots.
0: If you are over 30 and you don't have any kids and you're not married, th- that is a huge red flag. And I, so, you know, me, I'm sitting here like, wait, so I'm th- over 30. I'm about to be 40. I don't have any kids. I am not married. So I, I, I raise my hand and I go to the stage and I say, so... <laughs> What's wrong? What's the red flag? And this is what they said. It's like ladies and guys. And they say it's a red flag because it shows that you have commitment issues and that you are scared of marriage and that maybe, you know, you're you're mentally not there. And I, I almost went off, but I had to remember public figure. And I was like, I said, oh, OK. And I left the room because I was like, that is not something that I want to expose myself to because I'm you don't like
1: need that trash in your head, man. You're better you don't.
0: That. But I'm like John. What? What? As we're in the show, like, cause I we went we went we, we went over. But you're my brother, so we can do this. <laughs> what would you say to that single person that hears that all the time? Like, yo, you're 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 35 with no kids and you're 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 not married. Like, what is wrong with you? There is you have red flags. You need help. It's it's real out here, John. <laughs> if you're no, above a certain age, you're frowned upon. Let's can I I'm be real? You're frowned upon. For not having kids. Like That's what? what? I mean. Like what That's, would you say hey, to that person? It's
1: hazing, you know. <laughs> it's like uh it's like if you went through like your fraternity and you get jumped in and then that next year the school passes the rules like no more hazing, y'all can just have to sit in a circle and play patty cake. Right. And they that and then another group of guys comes in, for the rest of their time in college, everybody gonna be like Y'all I mean y'all not really in.
0: Yeah, yeah, is exactly. that you're not really in. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, yeah. You so haze.
1: everybody who's got kids Who's not, you know, their sex life's all screwed up. They don't got no more money. They're not going on vacations anymore. They're all like, you know what you need to do? You need to have kids. If you don't have kids. (laughs) No, no, I'm just clowning. Not really. But listen, so here's the thing. Anybody who tells you you are less than does not deserve your company full stop. Facts. Walk away. Facts. Get out. Walk away. They are projecting their own insecurity onto you. Yeah. Done. Yeah. It may be that relationships were... Um, means by which people abused you. Mm. It may mean that people left you. It may mean that you've been busy building a business. It may mean that you don't have any skills and you didn't know that you could even pick those things up and you open your eyes and it's 40 yeah. and you're the senior associate vice president of your job and you've cashed it all in and you're going, is this all this is? That doesn't mean you're dysfunctional. It doesn't mean you're broken. That means you're alive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... It's circling back and asking yourself that one crazy question that we talked about at the beginning. It's like, so what do I do now?
0: Right.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop listening to just idiots. Yeah. And I'm going to put myself in a position not to, quote, unquote, find the person. I think that's insane. I'm going to put myself in a position to have people that I care about and that I'm in a relationship
0: with. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to be intentional about it. And then one day I'm going to choose and say, you, I'm going to make the choice right now to love you. Hell or high water, ride or die till this thing falls off. And until we're done, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, right. man.
0: You know what, John? This this, this is a show, bro. Man, man, every time we get on the show together, it, it's it's just amazing. Um, and, and I want to preach. I want to say thank you for your brotherhood, uh, for your friendship, um, and for man, you, you check up on me often, bro. And I just want to say that, man. Publicly to the world, thank you for being a brother. Uh, and a friend before you go, I need your last expertise help because this year I, I'm teaching singles how to really maximize their single season. Right. And one of the things is just really getting getting that spiritual advisor, that therapist and just a good accountability. I'm challenging myself to to do that as well. Um What are some good tips, man, on finding a real good therapist? Like, what are some things Mm. we should look for? What are some things we should identify? And what are some things we should probably run away from if we do see this uh, from therapists as we end today's show?
1: I love that question, brother. So, um, one, um, I think I've told you this, but I'm going to say it publicly. When I came here, I felt out of place, too. Mm. And you looked at me and said, you're with me. And so I will forever, for my whole career, be grateful to you because you said you're with me. And um, you didn't have to do that. And I'm grateful for you for that, man. It means the world to me. And I was able to come to you with questions and hard conversations. And how do we, how, how, I heard this, this is, I surely, didn't want, and you were somebody who helped me, man. So I'm grateful for you, you always helped me see the other side of, of, of a conversation. So thank you for loving me in that way. My brother. Um, and um, so a couple things about therapists. Um, number one, they are not your friend. Mm. A therapist is a professional relationship. Yeah. And so, um, when I go get my oil changed, I want to be friendly with a guy. I be nice to him. I don't want him. I'm not going to talk to him about my kids and my family and my intimacy life. I don't want to have that. I want to change my oil brother. Yeah. So when I come into a therapist, the, a big chunk of the first session should be, here's how much this is going to cost. Here's about how long we're going to meet for. Here's how I do business. Mm-hmm. And for many people who walk in, it's a put off. It's like, oh man, I thought we were going to be, no dude, that person is just setting the boundaries of the relationship so that you can swan dive deep into this thing because now you know how deep the pool is, right? So you don't swan dive into a pool. You don't know how the bo- how deep the bottom is. Yeah. And so they're just saying, Hey, this pool is this deep, but it's also this shallow around here. So this is how we're going to do this. The second thing is, is if you aren't going to tell the truth, do not waste your time. Ooh. You got to be honest when you go to therapy, tell the truth. And I tell you this in grad school, they told us the number one thing is your clients will lie to you. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, why? <laughs> you're paying me 125 bucks an hour. Why would you lie? <laughs> it's like going to the car and like like to the like the get my oil changed and be like, nah, it's actually a Ferrari, You, know? you need to put uh, you know, 10W30 in it, yeah. and it's a Prius. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna blow the car up. It's yeah. stupid. What a waste of time. Yeah. Go in there and tell the truth. How many people you've been with? What you've done? How people have hurt you? What you're scared about? And I'm looking at. The 6'4", 295-pound dude, go in there and tell the truth. Mm. And that's where healing is, right? Mm. Go ahead and talk about who hurts you. So you got to be honest about that. And then three, you've got to do the work outside of the therapy room. You have to do the work. You can't go in there and... We've been told this lie, Anthony, over the last 100 years that if we can just get the right thoughts in the right order, we're quote-unquote mentally well. Or if we can just get the right thoughts in the right order, then I can fall in love, then I can be happy. Nonsense, man. What therapy does is it helps clear all the brush so you can see the land as it is. And then you got to go, you got to go start planting stuff. Yeah. And so I've got to go to therapy, be heard, be seen, have somebody look at some different points. And then I got to go to get to work.
0: Get to work. Man, this is three solid things. And I'll tell you, man, the last one is probably the hardest one. So hard. You know, it's like you, you can go in there, open up, go in there, get the advice from opening up. It's when you're by yourself. When you get back to work. When you get back around your family. When you get back around your friends. When you get back around culture and just life. The hardest part is, do you hold yourself accountable to doing the actual work? And that is something that I, that I am still battling. You know, when Anthony, I get that's that that's where
1: advice, our friends come in. That's that. where our friends come in. So good. That's where our friends come in. And dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to another show tonight. I'm going mm-hmm. to. Uh, heavy metal show by these kids tonight I'm gonna get back in it again <laughs> and I, honestly I'm tired man. man and if I could snap my fingers I'd go to bed tonight and I also know you need to go be around people wow and you need to go you gotta go be around people I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning a little bit tired I'm gonna be here at 8 o'clock in the morning I'm gonna be exhausted and i will smile on my face cause yeah. it was right you know what I'm saying? Unless I get in a fight and go to jail, and that ain't going to be no good. So, Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> that don't happen.
0: No, we don't need that. We don't need Ramsey personality. John Deloney has been arrested for fighting little kids. <laughs> uh, you know
1: how it be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I wouldn't say that. It'd be like 40-year-old adult male. <laughs> uh, it reads so bad in black and white, man. Anyway, hey, I love you. I'm so grateful for your hospitality, man. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And when you're back in Nashville, um, I'll pay. I love you come see me.
0: Hey, man, let's get lunch. Man, let's get dinner, you guys. Hey. Cool. We're going to drop his book in today's show notes, Um, get it, uh, check it out. And also not just his book, man, this guy has this kind of conversation every single day. Um, on his show, The Dr. Don, John Deloney Show. And we're going to drop that information today in the show notes. So go subscribe. Go consume his stuff. Uh call hey, in come into on show. my show
1: and we'll do a whole special on singles.
0: Oh, man, listen. We'll, we'll make that happen. We'll make that happen, man. Come be on the show. Yes, sir. Yes, you got to
1: come in person, though. Come in person.
0: Oh, man, we'll make it happen. For sure. All you right, know, sure. I love Randy play. All right, man, love you, bro. All right, see you, brother. Peace.